Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. That's the opportunity here is to really sense into, wow, this could go lots of different ways and to touch into that reality. Because if you can accept, not just accept that, but be that, because that's you, that anything could happenness, that infinite potentiality, that's God. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. In the last episode, I asked a question. What happens if you experience your experience from something other than ego? If you think about all the things we don't know about what the future holds, about how things will or unfortunately won't change as parts of the world reopen amidst the pandemic cases, and you experience that through your egoic reaction, then you will probably experience some degree of fear and anxiety. For some, that anxiety and fear of the unknown can be crippling. But if you find the center of that, I don't know, if you take away the content of a possible future, a future that, if nothing else, this pandemic has taught us is unpredictable, and sit in not knowing, you can move past the egoic emotion and find peace. That's why I view this time as a spiritual opportunity for so many, And in this episode, we'll explore what happens when you make this spiritual transition and why our recent shared experiences create an opportune environment to do so. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can solve the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share part of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. I'm trying to figure out, I don't know if figure out seems the right word, how I'm feeling right now, and it's very much in line with you know, what you were talking about. I don't know if I would feel it's anxiety. It's trying to let go of the ego in the, all of my professional, and for most of us, like we've been in consulting or business ownership or whatever. Like, it isn't that I don't know. It's that I firmly believe the likely outcome of all this is roughly, you know, 20 to 30% unemployment and a whole lot of pain and suffering, right? And I think that's, a likely outcome in entire industries that probably shouldn't have been there, that probably were overbuilt, that were over everything. They're going to get thin. The herd will get thin, Mm -hmm. right? Weeds are going to get pulled, right? Um, You know, I just happen to have a lot of close friends that spent their entire life, you know, building that thing. And it's, it's hard to, it's hard for me right now to separate. But I think when you said sorrow, I hadn't really thought of it like that deeply, but I I think that's what I'm feeling. And for me, because I know I'm prone to the depressive side of things, it's hard to limit that. It's like that depression spiral of like, okay, I'm feeling sad for, you know, my various friends whose businesses are 
they're just not coming back. It's just not going to happen, I don't think. And there's that sorrow and like feeling it and leaning into it versus letting it, you know, take me lower than sorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, um, thanks for sharing that. That, that helps me tie some things together. So it's not about not feeling that. It's not about resisting that. It's not about pushing that away. It's about experiencing those emotions inside a larger context. And that larger context is impossible to describe, but I'll put some words around it. And that it's the acceptance of everything as it is. that actually everything is completely perfect. And that's not a belief. It's the same place as, I don't know. It's that same place. So the see if you can experience whatever emotion you're experiencing. And I would say this about any emotion at any time. If it ever gets difficult, consider what, that what's happening is that there's a collapse into becoming the emotion. Because what happens is we think that that's us. Like when we say I'm sad or I'm angry or I'm happy, that's a a little bit of a problem in our language that encourages over-identification with the emotion. It's way easier when you don't think that's you. So what's, what's really happening? Oh, there's an arising sense of sadness happening here. It's sort of like there's a coaster in the room. You know, I, it's like it's, my whole life doesn't become coaster. Oh, my God, there's no space. I'm, I can't breathe. I can't see. That's what happens when we become blended with our emotions. Oh my God, there's only coaster in the world and I'm so confused. Oh, there's, yeah. So it's not about getting rid of it. It's just seeing, oh, look at all this space around the coaster. Still here. There's still anxiety. There's still worry. But then when there's that space, then it can move through. Oh, and now it's, it was there and I made space for it and now it's gone. So here's another way of saying it. Anytime there's a persistent emotion that's difficult, it means you haven't really been there for it. And if you become it, pushing it away, what you resist will persist. Pushing it away doesn't work because that's what the ego does. You're not allowing it to be, and that holds it in place. What What do you mean you haven't been there for it? I'm not. I'm not wrapping my yeah, brain around that quite yet. Give me. Give me another. Give me another line or two on that. Maria, you want to answer that question? Well, I, I want to share an experience. So, my son is 17. It's his senior year. I could weep, like thinking about like all the grief that he's feeling. Like this is supposed to be the time you're coasting, right, and hanging out with your friends and doing is it? Cool- 
Well, at, at any rate, sorry <laughs> for the language. But but what I wanted to share was like last night, he got really upset with me about certain behaviors that he perceived, right? And, and I could tell, and I sat there and I just accepted it. Like to your point of using that word, Deborah, like, and, and maybe for the first time in my life, because of this work, I was able to not take it personally. And I was even aware of, you don't have to take this personally, what's really going on with him. And, you know, we talked about it and, you know, I addressed his concerns. And then I said, you know, I don't know how I brought it up, but next thing you know, we're both crying, right? And it's about the grief and the loss that he's feeling. And and we just, we were there for it is how I perceive yeah. it, right? We just let it, we just let it be. And afterward, like this morning, you know, I mean, we, it's not gone, but it feels so much less heavy now. Yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's a tricky thing because it's, when when you make space for difficult emotions, um, when you make space for difficult emotions and are there for them all the way, what does the ego say? You start to turn toward the difficult emotion. What does the ego say is going to happen? It says no, right? And it's like, you start to feel a little sad. And if you were to be like, oh, that's interesting. I'm curious about that sadness. Let me see if I can feel it more. The ego says, don't do that. You'll be stuck there forever. It will overcome you. We have to manage the happy state. Got to go to the good feeling thing. And so that's the primary barrier. That's the thing to see is that the ego is constantly trying to manage the state. It doesn't know that if you allow yourself to feel something fully without blending with it, you can't drink the soup when your face is in the soup. So you can take your face out of the soup and then you can... So the, the ego only knows how to do two things. It knows how to turn away from the soup and it knows how to put its face in the soup. It doesn't know how to be different than the soup and then digest it one spoonful at a time. And that's what you do with fear. You include right. it. You don't transcend it. You don't repress it. But you don't become it either. You do exactly what Maria did with her 17-year-old son. Only you do that with yourself. And it moves through. I think... In my case, just thinking of, of her story and how where my sorrow is, it's in my, you know, in my community. I'm one of the people that the people go to, you know. And the answer in these cases is like, "I'm sorry, man." Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, and I haven't really had practice, or I haven't done. I've always been the fix-it guy for small businesses and. You know, in, in some cases, it's just the just the sorrow of, of talking about, like, yeah, that's it. Sorry, man. Yeah. You know? And that can go a really long way to supporting people. Joseph? Yes, well. Can you guys hear me clearly? I just want to make sure everybody's coming hey, there. Hey, you sound perfect. Well. Thank you. There's a reason for that. And maybe I'll try and explain because I, I normally have a lot of technical issues 
uh, reaching this wonderful platform. Uh, but because of the, the madness that is happening, the control that was on my head has been forced to surrender. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that space. Yeah, for sure. So I just wanted to share, uh, just something extended from what Maria was saying. I've essentially, uh, lost my business, uh, throughout this, uh, situation. My sole source of income, uh, is pretty much overnight disappeared. That's about seven years of uh, a lot of work, seven years that, uh, put me through, uh, or, or made me what I believe mentally to be a, a pillar of my society where uh, people bring their kids, uh, kids that wouldn't fit in anywhere really, uh, just for some extra help and support uh, that uh, I managed uh, with a wonderful team to provide. And within, I'd say, a very, very short time, that has completely and utterly vanished. Hmm. And uh, my wife's looking at me and she's saying, but why aren't you freaking out? This mm-hmm. is Your business is gone. There is nothing that we don't even know how we're going to make the end of the month. Why aren't you freaking out? Why are you so cool? And my only answer at the moment is, I don't know. (laughs) All I do know is that freaking out is not going to do anything at all. It may have to do with Joseph because I don't know what's happening, but there's no point in freaking out. And I find myself um, asking myself the question, those eight years is what I want. I want to be a pillar of society. I want to be the, the, the person that, that uh, kids go to for help and parents go to for help. And, and for me, somehow, I think that's a, a mental construct, an expression of my ego. What's happening now, and I think it was... Uh, it was uh, Ed that said it really well. He said there are certain businesses that will not and should not make it through. It's, 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 it sounds harsh, but that's just the reality of it. Uh, so I'm asking myself the question of, there's a difference between what I want and what I've been given. And the more I focus on what I've been given, the, yeah. the, the less freaked out I seem to, I seem to feel. So when the ego comes into it, I'm guessing it's my ego that's really upset. It's my ego that's really, really hurt right now. But uh, the, the non-ego side is, is just accepting it quite quickly, actually, and just focusing on what it actually has. Nothing yeah. more. Yeah. Beautifully said, Wyle. And, that's, and you framed it exactly how I would, I would say it should be framed. It's not like, of course, there's going to be grief there. And I feel sorrow hearing you talk about it. And that's true. And then there's also, I wonder what this means. I wonder what, where I'm supposed to go. Obviously, it's not here, right? And so when the ego hits a brick wall or fails or is corrected or re-guided or whatever, there's two things that happen there. And it's important to be with both. There's the failure of the ego and the sadness of that, sorrow of that, whatever that is, fear in that. <laughs> and then there's the larger, that's the content. And then there's the context of, oh, I wonder where we're going now. And the question is just how, how can you, how quickly can you 
pivot to holding both so that both exist. Because if you become the fear or the sadness, then there's, there's, there's no space. So, yeah, the, you know, we can say, like I'd say, well, there are many businesses that are going to go under that, that should, sort of in quotation marks, of course. It's like, you know, should that zebra have been eaten by a lion? Well, you know, I, I guess so, because it got eaten by a lion. It's, it's not to wish any bad about anything. It's just to realize, like, really the, the context for all of this is how little control we, we actually have. This is always the case. And again, that's the opportunity here is to really sense into, wow, this could go lots of different ways. And to touch into that reality, because if you can accept, not just accept that, but be that, because that's you. That anything could happenness, that infinite potentiality, that's God. That's you. That's anything could happen now. And who knows where? That's essence. That's true nature. Where will it find its way next? How will that influence me? And just the heartful desire to listen to that, to surrender to that. That's it. It's interesting hearing people that aren't incorporating both, which is very common. You have people that are completely ignoring it, doing the rah-rah positive <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And it just feels, I don't know if I've ever heard anything more inauthentic. Yeah. Like, and it's, and it's, and it's a lot of people doing it right now. You know, and I think that's why I didn't really think about why it just felt so fake. It's because it isn't honoring both. Yeah. Like you, you said it perfectly. It's not honoring both sides of like, hey, sorry about your business. Here's something we we can do today. Here's something. Here's a here's a here's a, a step. You know, and one of the things that's going to be fascinating, and I, I think if you honor both, you can look about what's happening and the people that are, you know, actually. Um, participating and and looking with both eyes and, and doing a both and thing like this is we have an opportunity to radically change how work is done we are radically lower and by the day the amount of carbon monoxide and you know like yeah. by the day the, the supply chains will be radically different the only reason we are shipping off to foreign countries all the supply chain stuff was to maximize profits that's about to radically change to, I believe, a more localized, where, where possible, you know, production supply chain kind of deal. These are all things that have probably been needed for decades, you know, that have probably would be better that people have avoided because you could get away with it. Yeah. And now, now everyone, it's like, it's like every single bluff was called at once, you yeah. know? You know? A lot of accountability. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, something like this is entirely predictable because in, in the same way, if you see someone who's like a substance addict or a workaholic or, you know, let's take the workaholic one. You see someone working 80 hours a week 
And for years, you'd be like, well, if that person keeps going, like, you know, their spouse is probably going to leave them and they will probably have a heart attack. And like, there's certain sort of predictable things if they don't wake up and they don't learn. And then some of those things happen. Well, what happens when you have a whole group of people doing that? Well, it invites accountability at the level of group. So I think that uh, actually this this pandemic is is uh, quite a gentle nudge compared to what it could be. I think in our lifetimes, we're going to see something way worse. Because I don't think we're going to learn as much as we could from this. Something with a 3 to 6% mortality rate that mostly targets uh, immunocompromised or elderly people. That's not a significant enough threat to wake people up, in my opinion. I hope I'm wrong, but I think that you know most of the things are going to go back to normal. I, I agree there's this opportunity, like you say, to see things. Um, I don't have a lot of hope in humanity these days, though, and I don't think it's significant enough. I think we need something like the plague that wipes out a third of the healthy population or more to actually uh, wake people up. But I err a little bit on the cynical side, perhaps. I don't know if that's cynical. I've, I've been working with people for 18 years. I know what resistance can do. It can bounce back from this. And look what the, look what the GOP is doing. They're like wanting to go back to business as normal. I heard this morning that Trump wanted to create a fund, like the $2 trillion fund to support and have it be a black box so no one gets to see inside like, and how it's being spent, which is one of Trump's oldest tricks for for siphoning off of funds. So, you know, anyway, we can go down that rabbit hole. So yeah, it's, there's, there's opportunities there. And some individuals are going to wake up, certainly. But I mean, like at the level of infrastructure, I don't see that. I hope I'm wrong. We'll see. I don't know. Um, but I think well, one thing I would say is if you weren't prepared for a disaster before this, as soon as things improve and the lines at Costco uh, mellow out, do that. You should have, you know, I'm like, I'm not a survival expert. There's whole websites on that, but, you know, having food and water stored and supplies and all that, like, uh, I'm a big advocate of that. And um, I, because these kinds of things are going to, it's going to happen again. You know, the world's holding us accountable. And so I guess climate change was not enough. <laughs> you know, we needed something more immediate to shake things up. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.